Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and helping you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around us. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Uh, you can call if you're listening live, 347-237-5230 is the number to call to get your thoughts, insights, two cents, four cents, six cents a dollar <laughs> comments in. Also, uh, follow us on all of our social media. We're on Facebook at our network on Facebook. Go there. Like that page. Listen to archive shows. Follow us on Twitter. The show handle is at Zera Radio, at Z-E-R-A Radio. My personal handle is at Lorenzo T. Neal. And visit my website, LorenzoTNeal.com, and you can read articles, listen to other stuff that I do, and become a patron of this great show that we do <laughs> by going to Patreon.com slash LorenzoTNeal and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate you so much, and all that we are doing, we're able to do because of your generosity. This is a listener-supported show, and we appreciate you so much. Make sure you take the time to like and share on all of your social media this great broadcast. We have an interesting show. I'm going to talk about two two men of distinction, in my opinion. It may not be the distinction to others, but um, they've been making headlines, these two particular black men. That is Larry Elder and Kanye West, and I really want to talk about them. And how they've been making the news these last several months. Now, one in the political sphere and the other one in the musical sphere. And um, how they're, they're, um, they are a clash to the image of black men that is being purported in uh, mainstream media. And it's, it's just interesting. So I just wanted to put this contrast in as to why are these two black men, successful black men, one a billionaire, one a successful commentator, why do they draw the ire of some persons? So we'll talk about that. And um, if we have other time, we might 
uh, getting into discussion on these vaccines. I am vaccinated, and um, I hope if you choose to do so that you would do the same. We'll just talk about some of the issues that are that we're finding that we're having regarding vaccinations and all this COVID stuff. But anyway, uh, that's all the headlines that I'm really going to talk about. A couple other things. Um, I want to make sure that those of you who can and will, that you would uh, do your best to uh, look after those persons who've been directly impacted by Hurricane Ida here in Mississippi, Louisiana, and in the eastern uh, shore. It's just amazing that um, that hurricane hit just a couple of weeks ago, and what was threatened to be a major storm. Well, it was major, but you know it didn't do as much damage in the south when it came ashore uh, in in South Louisiana and Mississippi. And but to see the damage that it did, the remnants of it, what it did in in New York and New Jersey, I think. A total of about 80 people have uh, been determined to have lost their life because of that. So if you'll be kind, go to American Red Cross and any other reputable, and I do mean very reputable, organizations such as Samaritan's Purse, American Red Cross, any other reputable charity that is providing assistance and donate to that cause. If you would be so kind, um, if you'd like to do it through uh, whatever organization you choose to do. I'm not going to promote any organization. I don't have anyone. Uh, we've done our part as far as hurricane assistance, disaster relief in our local area. So I want to encourage those of you who can and will, would you be so kind as to give assistance to those in need? And uh, we're not out of hurricane season just yet, so there may be others forming. And, of course, if you have not done so, please also consider giving toward efforts in Haiti as they have been devastated by not just a, a tropical storm, but also an earthquake that claimed thousands of lives. And they are still in much need of relief. So uh, you can give to either of those or whatever, whatever, just, just give. I mean, there are a lot of, there's a lot of distress, a lot of people in distress and we have the means to assist in that we should. So I strongly encourage you, Whatever uh, you are impressed upon to give towards the benevolence and benefits of others, please do so. You'll be you'll be rewarded for it. I guarantee you be you will be blessed because of it. All right. So let's jump right into this topic of the day. I'm gonna start off talking about Larry Elder because this is probably the most um, preeminent news right now. Larry Elder. And, well, let me put it into context. The California governor's recall race, the vote happened yesterday, and the sitting governor, Gavin Newsom, was uh, basically <laughs> not unseated. He he rallied, and he got the endorsements of key persons who basically said keep him in office, and a majority of Californians decided to keep him in office. Um, but he had a good contender. He had dozens of other persons vying for the office. <laughs> but the one that made the most news and um, got the most press was his Republican opponent. That is the person of Larry Elder. 
If you're not familiar with Larry Elder, Larry Elder is a political commentator. He's an author. He's a lawyer. And um, he he's a black man. Uh, I know I am acquainted with him through a number of uh, of areas. He's he's in my in my you know in my view he, he's a good guy. He he is a good guy. I'm not going to say discredit. I don't agree with a lot of some of the things he said in the past. Um, but I have I do agree with him on specific talking points that black men and black people should embrace, at least endorse. And I do have a book of his <laughs> that I got some time ago called Stupid Black Men. And I really encourage it's Stupid Black Men, How to Play the Race Card and Lose. And I've read through that book time and time again. And what he presents in that book, I think most black people, especially black men, already know how we've been conned into basically using victimhood to work to our advantage, and it doesn't. It doesn't work to our advantage. We can't. We can't do that as black men because you know <laughs> we're part of the patriarchy. <laughs> so we can't use the victimhood unless we are victim of direct violence against us by uh, non-melanated persons. In other words, if a black white person commits a crime of violence, an act of violence against a black person, then we can claim victimhood. But um, aside from that, we have we cannot claim victimhood, and we shouldn't claim victimhood. But that's neither here nor there. So Larry Elder entered the race to become California's governor in his recall election. And the recall election in and of itself was a farce. And, um, you know, people throwing their hats in the race. You had, uh, I don't know how to say this person's name. Uh, well, it was Bruce Jenner. And it's another name, Caitlin, I think, Jenner. Put her head, head, hat in the race. He had a number of celebrities, a number of non-celebrities, and the closest Democratic contender was a YouTube personality. <laughs> just just sums it up. The closest Democratic contender for the governor of state of California had, if Gavin Newsom had been recalled, would have been a YouTuber with no political experience. Same with Larry Elder. Larry Elder has no political experience. He has plenty of um, uh, experience as a as, as a um, political pundit. And if you watch his YouTube videos, or you listen to his show, Larry Elder Show, and all this other stuff, or you read his books, you can see where he found where he falls within the conservative movement. And, and so. Larry Elder, there was this clip I saw on I saw on YouTube where Larry Elder was either leaving a rally or just walking through a neighborhood and a white woman threw an egg at him and she had on this gorilla mask and nobody said anything. It was clearly a racist attack. 
it was clearly on uh, an unagged, uh, uh, on uh, ag- I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I can't figure out what I'm trying to. It was clearly uh, motivated by the simply fact that this black man had the audacity to run for governor of California as a Republican, and of course. There were the hit pieces throughout his campaign that singled him out. Out of all the candidates, they singled him out because this black man was running for governor as a Republican. Now, mind you, there are some things that he said that was troubling. You can't get away from that. Um, in this day and age, it's troubling. But when he said them, it was not as troubling because people didn't care. It was not – well, let me put it away. There was not as much racial tension, as much division, and as much uh, victimhood as – this is just 10, 15 years ago. And so, you know, when you put it in the context of when it was said, and Howard said, no big, you know, no, no biggie. But now those same things put – in context of how it was said and when it was said in this same day, in this present day, it's, it's very much <laughs> disturbing to others, and especially those who um, are trying to distance themselves from even the appearance of having assimilated into conservative thought. And by that, I'm not talking about becoming a, block, a Republican. I'm simply talking about they are starting to think independently. And, and believe it or not, I'm learning that thinking independently makes you not just a Republican or a conservative, it makes you almost an evil person. You know. But anyway, Larry Elder put up a good um a good race. And let me get back to this incident real quick before before I wander off and start rambling. So this incident happens it does not make national news. It makes the news of the YouTube channel, you know, all the outside of the mainstream media. It makes the news because it was clearly a racist or racially motivated attack. But the reason it, at least from my opinion and the opinion of others who have no, no bone in this fight, no dog in this fight, or whatever the saying is, um, it shows that black men who think outside of the contextualized existence of what media narratives say black men should should be and exist, they are a threat. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can be an educated black man. That's great as long as you share liberal bias regarding being an educated black man <laughs> and, and display that the only efficacy that you have is regurgitating their generous benevolence towards you and seeing you as a victim and achieving not by your own merit or your own bootstrap or only by their great generosity towards you because they empathize with you and because they empathize with you, they are showing that they are no longer racist. But at the same time, 
they are much racist when they go against individuality. None, uh, the individuality that goes against what narratives they believe should be. Um, I hope that made sense to y'all. Anyway, Larry Elder has long been for uh, a few decades now, has long been a voice of independent thinking for black men who who thought like him in the public sector but did not gain as much notoriety. And yes, to stay in the public sector, you must say some shocking, you know, you got to be like a shock jock. You got to say something crazy to stay in the public sector. And I think at times he's done that. There's no defense for any of those comments that he's made in in context like that. None whatsoever in the fence. But I, I, I stand by the fact that here you have this black man and you contrast that with a lot of the black leaders of um political leaders who seem to fall in line lock and step with a narrative that would best benefit them to maintain some sense of uh political prowess, power, influence, right? And you can say the same thing for Larry Elder, Candace, uh, Candace. Oh my goodness, why can't I think of her last? Y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> Candace Owens, I think that yeah. Um, and I could uh, go down a list of many others who are making a name for themselves simply by contrasting any liberal narrative or progressive narrative about black people. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it did both. It worked for and against Larry Elder because one, it raised his profile from just a, you know, a conservative pundit to a black man exposed to a greater audience outside of the conservative audience that he listened to. Uh, who listened to him. Outside of the white people who listened to him, black men, black people got to see this man as he was. And, to, you know, to hear black black commentary, commentators uh, denounce him, I was like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, okay, so what do, what do we need? What is the image? You know, I think about how we presented uh uh, President Barack Obama, while I love the man, I love his calm, I love his demeanor, and I love how sociable and charismatic he was. We also know that, you know, he was probably not the worst, definitely, I'm not going to say the worst, because we've had worse presidents than him. <laughs> Certainly we've had worse presidents than him. Um, but because of the way he presented himself both to national media and um local people you know as relational we we just basically overlook some of the things that he did that would be considered war crimes today right um and you contrast that with former president trump who was blatant about anything and when you put the two or two together you find a, a white man and a black man who are pretty much on the same same side of the coin, one is just a little bit more uh, 
less covert, less overt than the other. And when it comes to black political leaders, this is this is the biggest thing that we have to challenge. What are we supposed to look like? What should be defining black male political leadership? Okay, because if if a liberal agenda is supposed to be defining us as black men, if we can't be independent thinking, then what does that say about us? Okay, our sisters on the other hand, you know, they're strongly encouraged not to be free thinkers and not well, not to be free thinkers. <laughs> That's not what I was trying to say. They're strongly encouraged to um, speak and be vocal about their perceptions because, again, they're part of minority, they're women, and they get to vocalize a great more of what they what they believe they should be vocalizing, right? And they say a lot of stuff and get away with it, whereas a black uh, politician can't say that. Black male politicians can't talk about abortion. <laughs> Why? It's a woman's choice. It's, you know, this is about women's health and all of that. Secondly, we can't talk about prison uh, or prison reform or criminal justice reform. We can talk about it from the perspective that we need to get help and we need to construct, you know, legislation that brings that in. But outside of that, don't talk about the real systemic injustices that have contributed to it, right? And I could go on on and on, but the key thing is you cannot think for yourself. Larry Elder has built a career off of thinking for himself while at the same time embracing uh, those core beliefs of what used to be key Republican ideals, you know, and principles. I don't think there's so much now. Uh, I think largely the Republican Party has been uh, – has, has taken on this, this new identity – that minorities just can't fit in no matter how much you try. So don't even try. You, know, you can be a conservative. You can hold to the principles that Republicans and most former Southern, Southern Blue Democrats, Blue Dog Democrats used to hold. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I said all that to say, Larry Elder, the reason he stood out of the crowd of dozens was because he was one of the few that could antagonize the system in a way the system needed to be antagonized. He could shake it up. And the media loves that. The media loves you gotta have a villain. You have a you have to have a protagonist and an antagonist. And Newsom is the protagonist, Elder is the antagonist. It does not matter if he's black, he's he's spewing the stuff that on, only the other white people are supposed to be saying. He's black. He's not supposed to be saying that. And because he's black and not supposed to be saying that, he becomes the enemy, which says a lot about what they think about black men who begin to think independently or who think independently and just happen to come upon the same conclusions as some of their fair-skinned brothers who are more conservative. Either way, you're going to find yourself not agreeing with anything the mainstream media or a secular state pushes, if you are really 
truly American per se, you know, was you really buy into this sense of American individuality and all that stuff, you are going to go against all of that stuff, you know. But at the same time, you will embrace this sense of community that integrates the individuality into the whole, you know, out of many one. So, but that's neither here nor there. Larry Ellen put forth a good effort, and, and he he showed himself as a viable candidate. And he's not the only one who's doing it. There are many candidates uh, across this country who are now feeling compelled to run political races, either as independent or moderates. You know that maybe sent. You know maybe clear centrist. They, they they are very much centrist, or they may be within one of the major political parties. They could be Democratic and be a uh, blue dog Democrat, more conservative than some of their others, or they may be a Republican that's not as ultra-conservative leaning as the newer Republican, Republican Party is becoming, you know, or the Trump part, Republicans. You know, they're not Trumpists. So it's, it's a fine line. And as black men, black men, we've got to, if we're going to really be engaged, we've got to find that, that, that space for us. And we need more. We need more men like Larry Elders. We need more men like uh, uh, who else? I could call. Uh, I, I'll go with the mayor of uh, my city, Jackson, Chokoy Lamumba. We need more men like them, or the mayor of Birmingham, you know, um, or uh, Eric Michael Dyson. You know, we need more men like that. Or many, many. Uh, I could go. I could go down the list of black political commentators, pundits, and leaders, political leaders, who are really not where in the space where they need to be. They're in a space where they are conformed. They're forced to be. But they're not really able to be where they need to be. You know, we don't have our own space. We don't have our own voice. We are, we're basically... Sh- you know, shot it into this one little small slither of American space. And that is where we are supposed to stay. And we agree or we can agree on on things, you know, we can have our own our own viewpoint and all that, but ultimately they're gonna force us to conform. And that's a dangerous thing for me, if you ask me. It's dangerous. And I think it's black men we need to raise our voices. We need to especially raise our votes. But we need to raise, you know, if we're going to be hated for thinking independent or if we're going to be frowned upon for thinking outside of the norm and not conforming to what uh, white people say we should be thinking about or should be acting like or anything like that, <laughs> if we're going to do it, we need to create that space. And that should be a safe space for us, you know, whether we we don't have to agree ideologically to have that space, but we need and we don't need other people telling us. <laughs> we need that space. And for the sake of our for not just for the sake of a political uh ideation of what the black voice should be like, no. But for for the sake of survival, we need that space. I'd love to know what you think about that. I, 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 
you know, I think Larry Elder did well. And, and I know I'm putting this positive spin on Larry Elder. I think I, I try to put a positive spin on all people, you know, best I can. <laughs> but, you know, he, he does have some views. Like I say, I don't agree with a lot of things he has said or had or had has said or done or, you know, I, I our ideologies do not line up strict. But at least the brothers is is really really trying to amplify the need for black men, uh, especially those who are choosing to be engaged in the political arena, to speak up, speak for themselves. He happens to have the backing of these Republicans, you know, um, whether that's good or not, I don't, I don't know. But I, I do know that he has he's established himself in the national arena should 2022 or 2024 come around and and he he decides he he make the real leap into national politics then we shall see but anyway neither here nor there that's just my uh, my two cents let me know what you think i'd be glad to hear uh we're going to take a little break and then when we come back from the break we're going to talk about yay we're going to talk about yay we'll be right back right after this You're listening to Zira Today with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. So if you're not aware, I am a very, very curious person. I'm always trying to learn new things. And um, so I recently learned about Skillshare, and it's opened up so many doors for me on learning how to be a better creative person. I've learned, I've taken classes on uh, creative writing, on my podcasting, on my YouTube videos, all of that. It has come in handy, and I would strongly recommend you, if you are trying to improve on any skill that you have, and you want to go from being a hobby to uh, make it a pro, <laughs> I, I, I want to invite you to go to Skillshare.com. Uh, Skillshare.com is where you can go to learn all kinds of things. They have workshops on everything that you can imagine, photography, videography, uh, writing, anything that you can think of, you can find it on Skillshare. So, and I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to really love it. It's, it's worth every single moment, every single class, and you'll, you'll love it. You'll great. Greatly enjoy it. Go check it out. Skillshare.com slash Zero Today Radio. You may find it hard to believe, but at one point in your life, you're going to need access to reliable legal services. Legal issues can be confusing, complicated, and even a bit embarrassing. That's why I joined the family at Legal Shield. Legal Shield offers the most affordable, comprehensive legal coverage available. And for a small monthly fee, I have access to Legal Shield's personal plan that includes attorneys who will represent me and provide me advice, even draft and review documents on my behalf. Not only do they provide excellent legal service, but with their ID Shield, I'm also guaranteed protection from all fraud, including identity theft protection. Did I mention to you, I have so many perks and benefits that come with being a member of Legal Shield. Yeah, they pretty much cover the plan itself. For the last 45 years, Americans have trusted Legal Shield 
for all their legal needs. And I'm glad that I've joined them. So give them a call. Visit their website, www.legalshield.com. I'm telling you, you will be glad that you did. Hello, and welcome back to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal. I thank you so much for thinking about robbery. Join us on this broadcast of the Zero Today radio show. We appreciate you so much. Listen, if you have not done so, I wanted to take this opportunity to invite you to go to the Zero Network on Facebook, like that page, follow us, listen to archive shows. We are available on all your uh, podcast outlets, including iHeartRadio and SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. You can go listen, download it on Apple Podcasts, listen to all the archive shows. And I want to invite you to, uh, want to encourage you, if you haven't done so, go to patreon.com, support me by becoming a patron. You'll see all the good things. We're, we continue to roll out new merchandise. We got some sh- shirts. Uh, we got coffee mug, and we're, we're trying. <laughs> and um, you can listen to all archive shows on Apple iTunes. And um, we appreciate you for all your support. Remember, this is listener-supported. Thank you so much. So last segment, we talked about Larry Elder and his bid for California governor. He lost in the story. Maybe he'll go forward. But I want to shift this to another black man who's just happened to be in the news this week, and that is the person of uh, Ye. Well, Kanye West. But now his official name is Ye. <laughs> he he officially changed his name to Ye. He's gone by a lot of stuff. Yeezy. And um, now it's Ye. So for the last uh, several months, he's been promoting his album, Donda. And if you follow Kanye, you know, he's been putting on some spectacles of listening experiences for his audience and he spent, he camped out, stayed at the Mercedes-Benz Dome in, in Atlanta. He stayed there, and he had a listening party there. And then he put on a wonderful spectacle. I, I saw it on YouTube. I didn't, you know, I'm paying money to go see. <laughs> but uh, he put on a wonderful spectacle to listening party in, in Atlanta and then in uh, Chicago, his hometown, and finally the the album dropped. And from what I heard, there was competition between him and Drake as far as to release their new album or single or whatever it is. Um, I'm not sure who beat each other to the punch. I don't know if if Drake's album or single dropped first or Ye's dropped. I just you know. I just heard banter between the two camps, either either through listening on the radio or YouTube videos, all this. I don't know where I got it from. 
But anyway, Jay's album, Donda, officially dropped not long ago. And I've had the opportunity to listen to it. I, I think it's okay. Some of those tracks are, are just, some of the tracks are wonderful. Other than the tracks are just kind of weird to me. But it is clear that the entirety of the album, which is named for his mother, is a strong reflection of Kanye's journey over these two or more decades that he's been in the music game. Well, just two decades, I think, really. But anyway, um, I go back to when Kanye was a young man, dropping his college dropout and and uh, tracks like Jesus Walks. And I think, well, actually, Jesus Walks is really the only one that I really, really know about because that's the one that was the more gospel-y. And I was able to listen without feeling guilty. <laughs> I was able to listen to Jesus Walks without feeling guilty because, you know, it was really gospel-y. <laughs> and then, you know, in 2019 and 2020, he he started his little uh, choir Sunday service experience. And that that was a shift. And then in 2020... He had his very strange presidential run. It was very, very strange. And now, after all, oh, and, and now his, you know, divorce, eminent divorce from wife Kim Kardashian and their children, you know, the, the issue with all of that. It, it's just, he's had an interesting last couple of years. And the album reflects that. There's an article on the old black church that I came across, and I'm going to read it. Well, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to refer it to you. Um, Kanye West's topping gospel charts is not indicative of his anointing or calling. It's indicative of his market value and buying power. And this article was posted to the old black church. Um, I give credit to Ms. Ann Brock and her staff for posting this. There's a screenshot of gospel singer Dietrich, gospel singer Dietrich Hatton. I think that's what his name is. Uh, anyway, it lists hot gospel songs, and Kanye West, his albums, his singles from his album, his Donda album, is all over the place. And uh, it's pretty much it's pretty just much doing well. Now, some people are calling this a Christian hip hop album. I I will never characterize this as a Christian hip hop album. It's an album. Uh, there are elements of his faith that are represented throughout the, the entirety of the album as I listen to it, and then there's just elements of himself, his journey. <laughs> And I probably, I think that's probably the biggest thing that's coming across in the album. This is all about Kanye. This is Kanye's uh, masterpiece. This is his opus, his greatest opus, right? To his, his domain for his mom, it's about him. I mean, the journey of this, when you listen to the entire, and I have listened to it thanks, thanks to his YouTube channel, I got to listen to 
the album. And there's some tracks on there I just really bobbed my head to, like uh, Off the Grid. I really like that. And it made sense because I was able to understand where he was working on this album, you know, the place, the space that he was, Off the Grid, literally, in Wyoming, where he was staying, moved his family there. And um, there's another track um, on there that... Uh, Hurricane, I think that's called. Yeah, Hurricane. He has, he's a. That's pretty good. Um, uh, uh, the Praise God track is weird, but it's 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 a nice little track. It's a nice little track. Um, I think the biggest one was uh. Hold on, let me let me get it real quick. Um, I just had it. Well, it's it's gonna come to me. Yeah, for a second. Jesus Lord, yeah, that's it. Jesus Lord, and it is very clear. You know anybody who needs Jesus Lord? Uh, I'm not saying it right. <laughs> but I like the way he he's straightforward with it. Do you know anybody who needs Jesus, Lord? And you know, I I like the diversity of the of the music and how he fuses different genres in there. Um I'm not familiar with all the artists. They talked about him having uh when he did the show in Atlanta, how he had Marilyn Manson and the baby on either on the track or live I don't know. Uh, but from from commentary that I've listened to and articles that I've read, it is clear that this is this is one one of Kanye's greatest piece, but it's also um a challenging piece for for the music industry because this is, you know, it's not a gospel piece. It's not a gospel. Uh, it's not hip-hop explicitly. It's not gospel explicitly. It's not pop explicitly. There are elements of all of that in this whole album. And that I think that's where Kanye has has shown himself to be what, you know, people call him as a genius. He's in, integrated all of these different genres and it makes makes the most of it. This is peak by the New Yorker. This article by the New Yorker. Uh, y'all excuse the little dude. Whatever he's hearing, I don't know. Uh, uh, back to there's this article by the uh, Sheldon Pierce who writes for the New York. Um, who's wrote, who published this article? His article was published in the New Yorker, and he talks about. Uh, how <laughs> this is empty religiosity in Donda. And like he 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 starts off with Jesus walks just like I did. You know, how contrasts Jesus walks to this album where though there are epithets of religion and God, the basic of the album is non-religious really. It's not really religious. It's not intended to pull you into this sacred space of 
of, you know, Kanye's religious experience or spiritual algae like that. No, this is to draw you into the, the mind of Kanye and, and what he experienced based off where he came from, you know, based off his spiritual raising by his mom. But I, I like this. There's one um, line in here that here it says as an act of tribute or worship it is deeply confused black praise music spirituals and gospel music has always emphasized and reinforced a sense of community but these songs and this whole affair feels like a flimsy work of a lonely layman poop tear <laughs> and, and there's a line in um one of the one of the songs I want to say is praise God or some I want uh, God breathes I can't think if it's it's one of those two where he says God the Father like Maury or something to that nature <laughs> and he, you know Maury Povich you are the Father you know, I thought that was a cool little line and that was cool but anyway <laughs> and oh and yeah. There's the other thing that's unique about this album is that you could pay a price to basically make the album completely yours. You could break it down. You could you could uh, customize the songs. You can get he he leaves the original tracks, you know, and all all of that, and you can go in and you can fine tune some things if you want to. You can uh, isolate. You can isolate parts of it you can um uh, you can just basically make it your own for a few extra few hundred dollars <laughs> uh that i don't think that's been used has been done before i may be mistaken but just that's just interesting but anyway i i said all that because i'm contrasting these two men larry elder kanye west kanye west by definition is is not by definition, but by by um, all all credit is a musical icon, and some would say a musical genius. But when we look at Kanye and we contrast Larry Elder and we contrast Kanye or Ye from all the other uh, uh, the other other presentations of black men. Neither one of them fit in. And Kanye, Ye has intentionally, since the late 2000s, been very vocal about not wanting to conform to this identity of black man. Uh, he wants to be his, his, his own self. And he's worked hard, hard to craft the image of him, how he's presented. And, you know, he's done it in his fashion. And you look at the shoes that he helped create that he didn't get royalties for from Nike. You look at the clothing that he's designed that gives this futuristic, Afro-futuristic kind of feel to it, you know, but black people aren't buying it. You get what I'm saying? And yet the music he produces still kind of resonates with black folks, so he still can get invited to the cookout. You you know what I'm saying? Well, I take the back. They didn't want to invite him. They I, I guess they disinvited him when he met Trump, and um, 
wore the Make America Great Again hat. And uh, I guess he was disinvited from the cookout. But yet, when he comes back and he finds this connection with the black community, and that connection, I don't care who you are, that connection is always going to be through the church. He found a way to connect to black folk back through the church, using his mother, her faith, and all that she instilled in him. And I listened to an uh, interview that she gave prior to her passing and how how she saw greatness in him and she spoke greatness on him. And when he released Jesus' walk, how great she felt about that and how how she believed God was instrumental in using him to create that sound and that peace to empower people to have a deeper faith. I think that's great. And he's been trying to reconnect to that for some time. I believe that's why he started the Sunday service. And out of the you know, out of the blue, he's just putting a choir together and he's singing all the you know, when he dropped the album back in uh twenty nineteen, the album, the gospel songs, man, I loved it. Because I was able to connect with it. I'm not, you know, you can't connect me with the gangster rap or the pop music. You're not going to connect me, me personally. But with the music from the church that I've been, you know, I've been conditioned to know that that is directly related to my spirituality, man, you're going to always get persons like me interested. And he uses this Donda connection to the church to help us see his journey. And it's courageous. It's, it's very courageous, daring album. But subliminally, this is what it's saying. I'm daring to be dis- different. I'm challenging myself to be different, to take on the path of righteousness, but I'm still not going to conform to what you think I ought to be. I can go through the tragedy and it's, his this this piece kind of reflects, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna use the words of a YouTuber that I I saw. I cannot recall the YouTuber, but I I'll give this credit uh, that um, the YouTuber drew a parallel between Dante's Inferno, the poem Dante's Inferno, with Kanye's or Ye's Dante, and how they both take us through a pilgrimage of life and death and resurrection, in so many words. Dante's is a whole different level, but Kanye takes us through that pilgrimage. And Kanye contrasts, again, the imagery of what a black man should be, how a black man should function, how creative a black man can be through his project, through this project in particular. And... We already know who's going to be the primary proponents, purchases of this. Of this, it ain't going to be black folk. It is not black people who made Kanye a billionaire. So you know, it's not black people. So that's this great contrast that Kanye is trying to send to these people. Like I am not going to conform to what you think I ought to be, but I'm going to make sure. You conform to who I am being. You're going to conform to me. 
and who I am being and becoming, and that's going to make me wealthier. I hope y'all got that. And I think this again, while there may be seeming a contrast between these two men, there's really not a conflict. This this is what I said before in this the segment regarding Larry, Larry Elder. We need, as black men, basis so we can do this. And both of these, those, those two men, Larry Elder and Kanye West, they carved out the niche for them to be able to do that. The average black man, we don't take advantage of carving out our niche. If we do, uh, it is quickly, quickly taken from us. And we are quickly forced to conform, to stay relevant or whatever. And we just, you know, but I, I, I go back to, I'll even use the example of Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X, at 21, 22 years old, uh, however, old however old he is, is carving out such a unique image for himself. You know, the dude, the dude made a photo shoot of being pregnant to announce his new album, right? <laughs> the dude did a video giving the image of Satan or the devil, whatever you want to call it, you know, Beelzebub, whatever, giving him a lap dance. The dude dressed up like, uh, What he, he had to dress, well, pants with a flowing gown or train or whatever. Like, uh, what's that dude from Coming to America? <laughs> That's what I was seeing contrast to. Uh, 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 Randy Watson. And the people are applauding him for that. They're celebrating him for that. Uh Reggie Westbrook wears a gown, and they're applauding him for that. They're celebrating him for that because he's present. They're they're pushing this this image of black men and black masculinity into where they wanted to conform. And you have these two men contrasting that, and both of them are upsetting the people who are trying to set the narratives and set the norms for black men. Not to be too masculine. Don't be too masculine. Don't be a part of patriarchy. You know, the baby was on Kanye's, uh, part of Kanye's activity, and, you know, the baby made homophobic statements. (laughs) And this black man was wailing against black men who identify as same-sex loving. Not saying that's good or bad or anything like that, just saying that's what he did. That got him the attention. But, but what I'm saying is, as black men, if we don't create the thing for us, if we allow someone else to conform us, to force us conform, and I think about John McWhorter and his book, Losing a Race, and he talked about the cult of victimhood. If we are placed in the space where we can only be victims. We are back in slavery. We're back to being controlled. We're back to being manipulated. We we need more Toussaint Louvertures who can raise up people to go against imperialism. And I'm not talking about the imperialism of the crown or the French. I'm talking about the imperialism of a society that wants black men to be docile 
It's like if you have a pit bull and you train the pit bull to, you know, not be its natural self. And, and you know, if you're in the hood, you know the popular dog is not going to be a uh, uh, Chihuahua Terrier mix like mine. <laughs> it's going to be a pit. If you go to any black house, that's where there's a man who tries to be an alpha man. He's going to have what he believes to be an alpha dog. It's going to be a rot, a Rottweiler, a pit, maybe a German Shepherd. Uh, but it's going to be something to try to reinforce this alpha imagery, right? And all I'm saying, all all I'm saying is that we have opportunities as black men to carve out paths that is going to be uh, beneficial for us, mutually beneficial for us, and for our black women and for our black children by not conforming. Martin Luther King Jr., Sr., and Adam Clayton Powell, Sr. and Jr., and I can go down the list of many of our forefathers, you know, Richard Allen, Frederick Douglass. I can go down the list of many of of our descendants who, because they forged their own paths, have bring us up help liberate us. And somewhere within these last 40, 45 to 50 years, we've gotten off that path. And I don't know why as black men we've gotten off that path. Even though we've become more successful, we've become wealthier. We've become more influential. Think about Vernon Jones, who's the influencer to President uh, uh, Clinton. Think about many others who are Influential in corporate world, political world, educational world. We've got to get that back. But we've got to claim it as our own. That's the only way we can, that's the only way we can build back up our communities. That's the only way we can be more empowering, engaging, and liberating. Creating creating the means for black folk to really be free again. We we got to stop this cycle. We, we've had this cycle before, you know. As long as we've been in the States, we've had those who have been free, creating a little environment, a space for free people, only for it to be taken from them, you know. And we had that post during Reconstruction. We had briefly during post-Reconstruction. We had it briefly post-Civil Rights. And now we're seeing this regression. And it's a negative regression. And when we, with, with our abilities, our intelligence, our our tenacity, we can do it. And we can, you know, we're going to call ourselves kings and queens and queens. And, and I'm not talking about queens like in RuPaul, Drag Race, no offense or anything like that. But if we're really going to call ourselves kings and rulers and all of this stuff, then we need to act like it. These two men, as contrast as they are, they are acting like they want to act in the sense of nonconformity. And I believe more of us black men need to do that. But anyway, that's just my little uh, little thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So make sure as you listen to this, wherever you're listening from, you can send me an email. Send me an email uh, to PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com 
or zero publishing at gmail.com. Love to hear you uh, from that. Listening on Facebook, the Zero Network. Leave a comment and we, we can interact. And I'd love to hear your, your, your commentary or your feedback on this. Anyway, you know, I really do. But anyway, that's it for today. I'd love to engage you, um, however you choose to do so. Listen to this program, share this program, become a patron on Patreon, and also support me. Go to my website, LorenzoTNeal.com. I have a couple of books there, some other things that you might like. I also provide counseling, so if you need to counseling and coaching, if you'd like to connect with me, if you'd like to uh, see what I'm able to offer you to help liberate you in your life, go there, LorenzoTNeal.com. Contact me. We'll get in touch with you and all that. But follow us on all of our social media where you can find us. We appreciate you so much. I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day.